to another We March On with Stephen Tom, the unofficial Southampton FC podcast in partnership with the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, it's been a little while since I've said that, Tom, because we had to miss an episode due to an unfortunate event last week. But as I've mentioned, Janae, might as well introduce you. Uh, it's Tom Deacon <laughs> alongside me. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you very much, Steve. It's great to be back. Uh, I had no involvement in the reason why we weren't part of this podcast last week. Uh, Steve, when you say unfortunate, uh, you just started smashing up your laptop like you'd uh, lost in an FA Cup last minute winner. Um, what happened, mate? You just smashed no, it up No, not quite in, in such a violent manner. Um, I was actually um, in the process of editing our previous episode and I thought, I'm going to go upstairs. I had a couple, I had like 20 minutes and I was in the middle of doing a couple of things. Like, I'm going to go upstairs, grab my laptop, come back down. I'll sit and edit at the island while I'm doing some bits. And um, Sorry, mate. Was... The island? Where you go off to Ireland? Where in your house, you have a little separate island. I know exactly what you mean. It just sounded out of context, out of the blue, and it tickled me. Sorry. So you were at the island in your own... Yeah, in the kitchen. In his I, own home. I, yeah, I'm it. at a particular place in my life, Tom, where I have a house that has an island in the kitchen. Oh, That's all I'm good saying. Lord. I love it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I'm, I, I go upstairs to grab the laptop, and it's plugged in on charge. So I flick the little... You know Apple have that magnetic charger? So I flick the MagSafe charger out and I'm picking up my headphones. And as I'm doing that, I'm closing the lid of the laptop. But what I don't know is the little end of the charger has kind of somehow, as I've unplugged it, re-gone back over on towards the keyboard uh, and not vacated the vicinity. Um, and as I've closed the laptop, I felt a little bit of pressure. And I instantly, I didn't like slam it shut. I just closed it a wee bit. And as I opened it up, third of the screen was basically all split and lines everywhere. Um, I wasn't happy. Some expletives <laughs> came out uh, when that happened. Um, and, and you had to get back on your boat, get off the island, get back into your house and message me to tell me this. And I was like, mate, these things happen. Are you going to be all right? And um, uh, everybody listening, uh, Steve was very short with his message, but to the point, I am taking it to Apple to get it fixed now. Uh, yeah. And I, I, well, I had, I, I a, I had a touch at the Apple store, I tell yeah. you. Go so on, a very, very nice employee there. Um, and I think this is actually a good kind of moral message, not just to, not between me and you and between our listeners, but really for, for everyone is that, you know, what you put out there in terms of energy or karma or whatever tends to reciprocate back towards you. So... I went into the Apple store. I, I knew that I'd only got this laptop in May as well. Um, didn't get it insured through Apple. Didn't have Apple Care. I only had it on my home insurance. I was like, oh, I don't really want to claim on home insurance. Whatever the excess is, then my premium is going to go up. So let me just go and take it into Apple and see how much it's going to cost. By Lord, £700 to oh, replace no. the screen. 700 quid. And I was sweating at that point. I was like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm not going to pay £700 to have the screen replaced. Um, that is that is a joke. Considering they were like, well, if you had Apple Care, it would have been £69. I'm like, well, I don't have Apple Care, so it's making me feel <laughs> shit that I didn't get Apple Care in the first place. Um, anyway, it was really nice to this this guy in the store and was asking about his Christmas and New Year and just very chatty. And he was running, like, diagnostics. Think, and I was thinking, nothing's going to happen here. He's just going to go, yeah, your machine's working. It's obviously the screen. Here's your your damage report. If you want to pay 700, pay it or go through your home insurance, whatever. And he went, oh, can you, after we've been chatting for a couple of minutes, well, oh, just give me a sec. I was going to go check something. He popped out the back. Um, 
And to be fair, I thought he was just going to go from a laptop for all the sordid things that are stored on the hard drive. But uh, <laughs> anyway, he comes back and he's like, uh, he's like, oh, I've actually just gone and checked our um, our warranty policy. And it turns out because there's no physical damage to the screen, it's it's an underlying crack um, from pressure. It's actually covered under the warranty. So we're going to repair it for free. And I was like, yeah, that's it. Hallelujah. That is a Christmas miracle right there. Oh, mate. Thank you, good sir. Thank you, good sir. So unfortunately, I have been out without my laptop for a week, but I didn't have to pay 700 quid. So it is a Brucey bonus. That is beautiful. What a, what a start. Um, uh, I, I love that you've been doing that. You're back on board, raring to go for this podcast. I, I only had uh, one thing to just say that, that happened to me recently. And it's not even my story. Uh, my best mate was talking about his mate and how he's a bit, bit slow. That's the best way I can mm. describe it. He's not the sharpest tool in the box. And um, recently they were all out having a drink around Christmas. And he said to this guy, he said, oh, mate, do you realize you, you look a little bit like Leonardo DiCaprio? If you to squeeze. you, no, no. This is this is to this other bloke, um, right? He says, um, do you, you realise you look a little bit like Leonardo DiCaprio if you squint your eyes? Right. <laughs> and then at which point said person went, oh really? What what now? He squinted his own eyes, <laughs> and he was like, so you're telling me I look like Leonardo DiCaprio? No word of a lie. The funniest thing I've heard. <laughs> No, not oh. you, you idiot. If I squint my eyes, you look like... Anyway, really, really tickled me and uh, put me in a good mood yesterday. <laughs> oh, that's decent, that's decent. And, and we had a good New Year's Day, didn't we, Tom? Um, we don't just do this podcast and talk about Southampton. We socialise outside of this as well. And we put the football to one side. And we had a, a lovely little New Year's Day, bit of food. We stayed up till the early hours playing the new Call of Duty, like a couple of teenagers. <laughs> we did indeed. A uh, lot of fun, mate. Yes, uh, socialising, very good. Uh, it's not just about this podcast. It's about meeting up in person. So we've done quite a lot, actually. Maybe we should just ease back for 2023 now. Just ease well, back I, a little bit. I don't think we can. I mean, this is We March On, the unofficial Southampton FC podcast. So the the football has to somehow, you know, permeate into the discussion. And the year has started off with a lot going on. Some good, a lot bad. Uh, so we probably should <laughs> dive right into it. Right, Tom. So we have to kind of get a lot of stuff out of the way when it comes to recent results. Not been the best when it comes to the Premier League for Southampton. So we started, uh, not necessarily started the new year. It was on the 31st. It was on New Year's Eve, um, an away trip to Fulham. Now, I personally thought Southampton played pretty well through the match, but in typical Saints fashion, lost. Um, just couldn't, you know, get the result over the line. Relying on another James Ward-Prowse free kick to get them back into the fold, unfortunately did concede again. And then there was a bit of a shambles at the end with Lianco and Bazunu, um, who fortunately did save a penalty to reduce the scoreline. But another defeat in the Premier League, Tom. Obviously, that was a couple of days before I came to see you. So you had some time to, to digest it. What did you make of that match? Uh, listen, massively frustrated. In the last podcast, I did mention, I may have said, maybe we should give JWP a rest. Mm, please don't do that. He is the only way Southampton are going to score at the moment. And what a free kick it was. However... <laughs> At that point, at 
Fulham, I don't think I'd have a sh- had a shot on target. I mean, how that's that's the way that we're playing at the moment. We let a goal go in from Prowse, an own goal, but it wasn't a shot on target. And then to get that, it should the VAR spending so long Fulham to decide whether it was a penalty didn't matter. Corner comes in, it's a goal, and it's just so mm. deflating. But but like you say, so many so many more things have happened since then. But it it was just very very disappointing when I thought that they looked up for it, but just not clinical again in front of goal. Well, if you were down after the Fulham game, I don't know what level you were at on the 4th of January, a 1-0 loss at home to Nottingham Forest, keeping Saints rooted at the bottom of the table. Bit of a toxic atmosphere at St Mary's that day, Tom. I was working, obviously, doing Saints Live and some pitch side stuff. And, you know, considering Nathan Jones has only been in in the job for just a few months, the the negative backlash towards him was more than apparent. You know, it's mm. been coming through the social media channels, um, booze ringing around the stadium at half time. It was not a good environment to be in. Um, some of the players said after the game, you know, that, you know, they deserve to lose. They deserve to be where they are. They've not played well enough. And it felt like a specific low point, I would say, of of the year, not a great way to to start off twenty twenty three and, and and a low point, sorry, of of the season to date. A little bit of relief in the cup against uh, Crystal Palace on the seventh, a win away. Fortunate, I would say, Tom, in uh, in the way some of the goals went in, but nonetheless, a win is a win, and through to the fourth round, where we're going to play Blackpool, who just beat Forest. So yeah. if if we lose to Forest and Blackpool can beat Forest. Who knows what's going to happen in this fourth round? Uh, it doesn't surprise me. L- listen, uh, it, what I wanted to pick up on is is that negativity. I watched the game from home and Nottingham Forest are not a great side. But you soon realise how bad Southampton are when we can't even get a goal in the fashion that we were just huffing and puffing, didn't even get a shot on target. That's how bad we are right now. And you have to say, fair play to Forrest. They came in with a tactic. And I reckon, and I even said it on TalkSport, I got asked the next day, oh, would you like to comment on the game last night? Would I? Crying through my eyes. Uh, yes, yes, I would like to comment on it. Um, and I said, it's 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 really bad. It's really bad. Even if Forrest didn't even have a goalkeeper, we still probably wouldn't have scored. Uh, even uh, Matt Latiss was saying that was probably one of the worst performances he's ever seen. And I think the fans are entitled to voice their opinion, but... I feel like it was a little bit too soon to just tear apart Nathan Jones. You want to have a pop at the, the the board for not signing enough good quality players, do that. But Nathan Jones has been in the in this job for such a short time. It seems unfair to to you know stick it on him. And I was actually at the Palace game and to hear the Saints fans just just going in so hard on Nathan Jones, but got the result. You know the players didn't let him down, so maybe this could be a turning point. Yeah, I really hope it is. Um, we'll come on to, as you mentioned, signings and, and, and backing the manager a little later on in the pod. Um, something to look forward to on Wednesday night this week, which unfortunately, the way our schedules work out, will have already happened by the time the podcast comes out. But it's Manchester City at St Mary's in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. If Southampton can win that game, that does that will provide a massive boost. I mean, it's it, I can't see it happening. City absolutely destroyed Chelsea uh, the other night. The the style of football they're playing at the moment is incredible. 
Um, so from one extreme to the other when it comes to polar opposites of teams. Um, but if Southampton could possibly pull off a result um, in the cup, it really would provide such a massive boost. Miracles can happen, Steve, as you found out with your laptop. But I will say this. I mean, the, the stars, they left Man City on the bench and still beat Chelsea. That's a worrying sign for Southampton. And the fact that I was, I saw I was in the Palace end, okay, because my best mate, he's a Palace fan. And I was going to actually ask you about what your thoughts are on fans having a drum <laughs> to uh, to get the crowd going. Because I actually really loved mm. it at Selhurst. I thought it was brilliant. And if anything is needed to boost the atmosphere at Southampton, get a drum in there. You can't help but support your team. But, but Well, I'd yeah. rather a drum yeah. than these annoying fans that slap the back oh! of the stand. That's it. Not only do I think that is a good way for you to have wrist problems later on in life, <laughs> and you know all about that, um, and and also it's just exceedingly annoying yeah, to just keep slapping the metal barriers for 90 minutes to give me a break. Because it's not in rhythm, is it? Because you've got like one dude doing no. it over there, some woman doing it down there. It's just like one drum, Selhurst, is just, we're as one. And that's what we want back at St Mary's is to be as one. Um, but... And then it's classed as a musical instrument, not vandalism. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I totally agree with you on that. Good. All right. So we're agreed. Get a drum down at St. Mary's. If there's any drummers out there, please, can we uh, sort it? Uh, we'll, you don't need to have a, a, you know, like a stick because at about 80 minutes in, you'll be smacking your head against the drum. Uh, but uh, here we go. What I was going to say was Palace, woeful side at the moment. Southampton, woeful, without form. Wasn't the best match to, 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 to kind of be at and support Southampton. But somehow, freakishly, we got we got a result. I mean, Armstrong getting that goal. I don't know how long it's been since he scored. But we, we just battled on. And you're right. I can't see us clinically getting a result against City. But it is a turning point. The players didn't give up even when we were 1-0 down. So there is cause for optimism. But I'm not getting ahead of myself. Yeah, totally. Right, Tom, let's get into some of the news that's happened this week when it comes to Southampton. Um, we'll start with... Something, you know, we, we touched on slightly, and, and that's the fans complaining about the atmosphere at St. Mary's. This is something that's drummed up quite a bit of traction on on Twitter, some people posting videos about it. And and the kind of the main thing is that the, the walkout music is too loud in the stadium and it's drowning out all of the singing. Um, to be fair, maybe it's getting turned up to drown out all of the booing. I don't know. But um, singing since when? Since when the Saints brass come round, that's the best bit. It just, you're like, yeah, we are Southampton. And you get ready for it. But there's never any singing. Like, it's, it's, what, this it's is what people are saying. I mean, uh, the people are saying that they, they'd rather just have Saints brass play, play right up until the teams come out rather than kind of this any R&B or sorry, or hip hop or dance music or anything kind of building the atmosphere in the few minutes up until kickoff. Now, obviously we have music in the stadium as people come in and take their seats just to kind of, you know, provide something. Otherwise it would be deathly silent, wouldn't it? Um, so obviously you have to have music then. We've got a bit of pitch side stuff. Um, but uh, but yeah, a lot of complaints about the, the music pre moments before kickoff just being too loud and, and drowning out any chanting or anything that can, you know, really build some some fan engagement and atmosphere there. I don't know how you feel about that as a as a paying supporter. I, I feel like it's, it's one of these problems. If if they didn't have the music, it would be definitely silent. And, and, and fans would be like, why can't we have some music to get us in the mood for this? And then you play it too loud. Just again, I've mentioned this before on this podcast. We love to moan. 
Do you Southampton fans? <laughs> we cannot get enough of moaning. It's another case of we're just going to complain about that. The light show, the way that Southampton built it up and then sending out a questionnaire at the end of the game. How was the light show? Let's not worry about a light show. Let's worry a about what's happened on the pitch. A lot of people complained about the light show. That was another thing of saying that they didn't forget the light shows and all of this stuff. We just want to, you know, chant. Um, I don't know why I'm doing <laughs> that impression. Don't I feel, chant. I feel like I'm point. not in a position to be able to do that impression. And at the last game against Forest, they had those kind of uh, concert style uh, wristbands that lit up white and red. Um, yeah. For some reason, they only did one stand. It's like they didn't provide it to the whole stadium, which felt a bit, you know, odd, a bit cheap, slightly. Yeah. Don't know if I can say that. Um, but yeah, just one stand had that, um, the Kingsland stand, I think. But, and that was but it. But mate, but you have to understand that, that they're damned if they do and damned if they don't at the moment, the board, and the idea of fan engagement. We're trying to, they're trying to make it fun because it's not fun. They don't want it to be toxic. Yes, they want our money. Yes, they want to spend it however they want to spend it. I get that. But as a fan, you're like, well, at least they're trying. But well, don't just ridicule. Don't just say Nathan Jones is the worst manager and we should get rid of him. I'm paraphrasing some fans. Mm. Got to offer something that's actually viable that the club are going to get on board. You know, they, they try. They, remember they handed out scarves years ago for like fans to really get oh, engaged. I remember and, that day. And people didn't get enough scarves. They didn't get this. We love to moan. Oh, and I thought you were going to bring up the day where it was a particularly poor result and they just threw the scarves onto the pitch at the end. But, when but they, they did that leaving. as well. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it, it, fans have a right because they've paid their money and they can say that something's rubbish. But you have to look at it from another side. At least the club are trying with that. Don't bother wasting all their money on now. Get a new signing. Well, I'm sure we're going to talk about it. They have put their hand in their pocket and we have got a signing. Let's just enjoy these other elements that they're trying to get a bit of fan engagement going in. It's a family club. Just yeah. And and it. as someone who's been to to multiple Premier League grounds, as I'm sure uh, a lot of a lot of our supporters have as well, I think Southampton do a pretty stand up job when it comes to what they offer pre game half time. That's not just because I'm. it's not that it's um it's the fact that it it does as you say is a family club and they offer a lot they've got uh, like competitions giveaways um all the team sheets that everything they do is kind of the big screens everything they do is kind of trying to get people really engaged in the in the day like it's a day out like it's a show that you're going to it's not just going along going through the turnstile watching 90 minutes going home and at quite a few other clubs I've been to, there isn't that. You might get a little bit of music in the stadium. You might get maybe an announcement or two, but there's nothing going on. There's no T-shirt cannons. There's no quizzes. There's no big screen giveaways. There's nothing like that um, at quite a few places that, that I've been to. So, you know, I've got to give Saints their credit where credit's due and is that they, they do try. And although you're not going to please everyone, it's not like they're going about anything half-assed or not caring about the supporters. They genuinely do care. I mean, I've been in meetings where they've been discussing with um, supporters groups, like how to improve. So it's not like they don't care and they're just doing it or they're trying to be money grabbing. They genuinely give a shit. Um, Unfortunately, you aren't going to please everyone. And sometimes decisions aren't always the correct ones. But um, it's a shame to to see that people don't necessarily like all the things that are going ahead and and maybe want a more basic pre-match build-up. But... Hey, that's um. It could just be what is it? The 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 voice of the few is louder than the many. Totally agree with you on that. And and the fact is, right now we need to be galvanised. The club, I, 
you know, I think it's funny that even in the chance towards Nathan Jones and we're one up, how we're winning away from home, how bad must you be? The, you know, the classic song, just being shout. And, and, and it's kind of like you get to, it's a bit of bounce, but at the same time, I just feel like Southampton somehow, whether it's a drum, not to keep banging on about that, but just something that just says St. Mary's, we're proud to go along and, and, and hopefully that will boost the team because when Palace, it went one all, and Prowse scored that free kick. The drum was banging and the Palace fans were... And they're having mm. a torrid time. Do you know what? When I, when I saw him take that free kick and I could I could hear the, the slow clap, I was like, do people listen to WMO <laughs> in that last episode? That is... I know he didn't, I know he didn't score it, but I was like, uh, there was a slow clap in the build-up and I was like, people are getting on board with this now. Tom, you've been influential. <laughs> For the first time ever. Uh, do, do you know what? It kind of, kind of annoyed <laughs> me that, they, that I couldn't hear the Saints fans at all. I know I was on the other side of the ground. Couldn't hear them. And it wasn't until the Prousey free kick went in. And actually, one thing I, I wanted to pick up on that game, Adozi... he was not getting a sniff with Nathaniel Klein, uh, the fullback for uh, Palace. And so, so Nathan Jones, they swapped sides. Uh, him and Armstrong moved, switched. Where do we get that free kick on the other side? So there was part of me in my head, I was like, no, it wasn't all brilliant. And yes, they did once they finally got control of the ball sometimes and played it around and weren't chasing absolute shadows uh, in Zahar, who I think was amazing. Um, Adozi got that free kick. That is what he's adding to this team at the moment. And do you know what? If he can get anywhere near Man City and allow Prousey to take a free kick, that that seems to be the way at the moment. Adozi get the foul, free kick, bosh. Yeah. Um, well, another bit of good news uh, for this week, Tom, as you alluded to a few moments ago, is that Southampton have made their first signing of the January transfer window. Probably when this episode goes out, there could be one or two more already confirmed. Um, Mislav Orsic, a Croatian forward, can play as a winger or, or indeed a, a striker, uh, went to the World Cup with his with his nation as well, scored a, p- a particularly good goal as well at the tournament in Qatar. He is 30, um, so slightly on the, the older side of, of who Southampton would normally try and target. But what, what do you reckon? Are you, are you happy to, to just have a fresh face in or is this, is this going to be another Guido Carrillo kind of moment? Hopefully not. That is, that is, could be further away from what I want. Uh, what I want, Orsic to, to hit the ground running quite literally because we need someone of his calibre, experience at international level, very good in the World Cup. And Croatia, they're like one of those teams that are just really hard to break down and beat. And that's kind of the embodiment of what we want at Southampton at the moment, is to be a, a much harder team to beat. In saying that, if he's going to play out on the left wing, where's a dozy going to go? Have to go mm. on the right side. Uh, what does that mean for, for Armstrong? Because I tell you what, as soon as he scored against Palace, he was like a different man. Uh, he, he knew how to pass the ball again. He knew how to be... He looked even faster. So, so I think... Um, where he's going to fit into the team is going to be the challenge. But yeah, I'm happy for someone of his caliber to come. And he's got a mate like friends. He's got Kaleta Saar, another Croatian to, to hang out with. So if you were worried about him not gelling with the other teammates, he's got his friend uh, there. So that'll be good. When it comes to his sort of goal scoring prowess from, I mean, if he's a, a kind of a typical winger, it's not, it's not half bad, Tom. I mean, mm. he's played for Dinamo Zagreb for five years, best part of five years, 132 appearances for them, 57 goals. Wow. So, you know, better than one in every three, essentially. So 
hopefully it is just a bit more dynamism in that forward line. Someone to kind of, you know, take defenders on. I think that's what we're, we're, we're lacking a little bit. There's a dozy does take people on, but he's very raw. He's very young. You're not expecting him to be, you know, at the finished article every single time he does it. So you, we're just looking for someone to, you know, push more. I would say. Mm. I think there's a lot of players when I, when I watch the the team kind of don't move into space particularly well or they wait for the ball to come to them. Movement isn't the quickest, should we say, when, when they're waiting to receive a ball or general lack of movement off the ball anyway um, sometimes. So it could be a, a really positive uh, move for Southampton. So- yeah, I was just going to say, mate, just to add in the fact that my best mate is Palace fan, as I mentioned earlier, uh, just said the final third. It's like Southampton really don't know what to do when they get there. A dozy is that raw talent. Armstrong never looks like a goal threat. Che Adams, we know, doesn't get that service because we we panic when we get into the final third. We do not know what to do. So if Orsic, like you just said, knows and, and is a bit more of that attacking threat for teams, then then actually it could be, it just could ignite everybody and, and raise the level because Adozi is raw. But that miss against Lincoln, I, I fell asleep the other day and I was still thinking about that miss. So he is not a clinical <laughs> finisher. Neither is Armstrong at this level. And Che Adams, we know... You need about three or four attempts and he'll get one. So, yeah, Orsic, if he's got that proven goal-scoring record, hey, come on, Saints fans, let's let's get excited about this. Yeah, Tom, and we will, you know, go on to talk about potential future Saints players in a bit, but we'll take some time to reflect of a Saints player of years yonder, um, I think is the, is the term, um, who has now retired, uh, a legend of his country, which would be Wales, um, five times Champions League winner with Real Madrid. Spent a few years at Southampton, his, very, his first professional club, and that's Gareth Bale. Mm. One, of, one of the great British players of all time. Um, hung up his boots, age of 33, you know, younger than both of us. Wow, oh, I'm, 30, I don't... I'm 33, younger than you, but the same oh. age as me. Imagine right, retiring mate. at my age, I'd love it. Anyway, um, he's decided, you know, football is not what? Well, do you reckon he's got an island in his house? Well, he because you've made two. he has two Tom. He's he's got a private jet. He probably has. He probably actually has an island, not even in his kitchen. He probably his kitchen island is on an island. Well, and um, do you know what? I don't mind that. I take no uh, sort of sort of annoyance in the fact that Gareth Bale is an absolute legend in my eyes. And if 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 Southampton had got promoted that season um, in a championship uh, playoff because we had the semi-final against Derby mm. County. It could have been a very different story. Legend, I feel like we all saw it at the World Cup. It wasn't the Gareth Bale we remembered. But for me, an absolute legend that should have been respected more at Real Madrid. And Southampton, he's always loved. That first goal, best moment for me, was watching that free kick um, against Derby County. Just phenomenal. You're like... Who is this kid? Yeah. And then, yeah. and then going on to play one night, he terrorized into Milan. Remember watching when he was playing for Tottenham. I was just like, this, he's, it's just such a shame he couldn't stay at Southampton longer, but what a player. Yeah. His, um, most of his exploits did come obviously in a, in a, a Tottenham jersey or in, or in the white of Real Madrid. Can you hear that, by the way, in the background? That is my dog singing for some reason. <laughs> yeah, she's singing Gareth Bale, Gareth Bale, <laughs> Gareth Bale. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it didn't come in a, in a Southampton shirt, although there are some memorable moments. Um, I think it's, you know, testament to the club spotting talent at such a young age as well and giving them that opportunity at, at what, 16? 
as well. Um, and as you said, unfortunately, it was I think it was Gareth Bale and was it Kenwin Jones that had to be sold? Um, that was later revealed to was it George Burley said that um, it was because that to try and save the club from going into administration, they, they needed the funds. So, yeah, it's a shame, you know, Southampton couldn't get into the Premier League that year and, and, and Bale could have had a bit more of a, a career at St Mary's. But, you know, I think many Saints fans would still say, you know, one of our own. Um, he's, had a, he's had a fantastic career and uh, wish him all the best for the future as probably a professional golf player. Yeah, yeah, and it will be. Um, I still picture that that flag that Wales, I think it was his teammates, gave him about golf and, and celebrating. It was a kind of... a uh, a middle finger to to Real Madrid, <laughs> but um, he, what he, was, he it? Was, was it? Was it Wales Golf Madrid? Yes, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? He's actually one of those uh, sort of stories. Those players that wasn't he wasn't physically as strong as the other lads in his development class at Southampton, and yet Saints stuck with him because uh, other teams have sort of given up on him a little bit. So actually, I, I feel like he's one of those players who's just gone on to strength and strength even though no one expected him to. So so when you look at academy players or we look at this squad we imme- that are currently playing for Southampton, you imme- immediately write off certain players. You go, no, they'll mm. never make it. You know, but sometimes players need time and he's one of those examples where they just go on to do amazing things. 100%. I mean, changing his position as well, I think was the biggest thing, starting out as a left back. When Luke Shaw was coming through, everyone was saying that's the new Gareth Bale, etc. But Bale, very different type of player. Um, was it Harry Redknapp at Spurs kind of turned him in? He nearly went to Birmingham. Do you remember he was doing so badly at Spurs? They yeah. nearly sold him to Birmingham for like three million pounds and they kept him. And, and Harry Redknapp converted him into a winger and then the rest is history. Um, one of the best attackers, 111 caps for Wales, a legend. Uh, Dean Saunders wants a statue of Wales. Oh, sorry, of Bale in Wales. Um, and to be fair, I don't really know many famous Welsh people, so he probably deserves one. Um, so, yeah, all the best to, to Gareth for the future. Alrighty then, Steve. Um, it's my favourite time of every single podcast. It is <clears throat> Saints Trivia of the Week. Yeah. Well done, mate. Well done. I actually think, have we missed a couple of weeks? Because I feel like we haven't done it in a while. (laughs) Where you like is my favourite part of the week. I'm sure we've forgotten for about three episodes in a row now. (laughs) Well, I'm glad it's back. That's all I'm going to say. It's returned. Uh, Like the halftime relay. Oh, do you know what? I'd I'd really miss that. I think it was Sheffield Wednesday is the last relay race I saw. And... um, uh, Kenzie had to sort of commentate over the top. It's very difficult, isn't it? Because you want to basically say, they're rubbish, uh, but you can't. <laughs> You've got to be positive. <laughs> They'll never catch them. Oh, they've really stitched the other teammates up here. Um, but yeah, and then you've got to score past uh, Mary Saint and Sammy Saint. And that's not easy. Quite intimidating people. Can we not get adults to do it? I know this is going off point and I know it's Saints trivia and this isn't the trivia question. Uh, but can we not have some slightly inebriated adults? <laughs> I, I mean, I would, I would love that. Um, yeah. I think it may get hostile. I think that's maybe the only <laughs> downside is that there might be a little bit of shithousery that goes on. Maybe like one dad will try and trip another dad up as they're running towards, you know, one of the transition bits on the on the pitch. 
all right, then we do men versus women, you know, like old school style. And then because there's never been any issue between men and women. So I think that that would be a great idea. Mm. Um, Put it forward to support relations. (laughs) Saints trivia of the week. Uh, Stephen Forbes. Okay, I'm going to, it's kind of like a two-parter here. But I'm going to give you this player's career. Started off at Tottenham Hotspurs, moved to Southampton, then Grimsby on loan, Eastbourne Borough on loan, Thurrock on loan, Bromley on loan, Gillingham on loan, Chelmsford City, and then Dartford. Okay, now that is the player in question. And it has a reference. There is a reference which is very specific to the news this week. Can you name that player? A player that maybe didn't live up to the potential that we expected. Now, I can give you and the listeners some clues if you would like. Because this player is so important in another player's career. Right. Well, I mean, instantly, the fact that they've came from, they started their career at Tottenham. Mm. So a relatively big club. Then moved to Southampton. I've obviously, I'm not, I'm not sure what year we're talking about here, Tom. So that might have to be one of the clues. You've got to give me like maybe a, a time frame or a decade or something. Um, and then it seems that every club after that is progressively worse to almost non-league level. Yeah, what, what's happened there is uh, kind of Southampton has sort of ruined his career, uh, but, um, <laughs> but it, it would appear, uh, or they took away all the confidence. And he was probably saying, I've been thinking for St. Mary's, could we get a drum for the fans to? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, it was 2007 to 2008. He was at Ooh. Tottenham, came through their academy. And so was at Southampton from 2008 till 2013 making a combined total of zero appearances i really should know this because we're talking should, prem, we're talking premier yeah, league why? Players here why should you know this player this is the point i'm going to make with this trivia this week why should you know this player is actually worth about 20 million pounds well, that's There's probably why the, the the transfer fee in itself is large and if, if he's you know come through Tottenham's academy and then gets a then gets a move after a few years Saints between 2009 and 13 did you say yeah and then I presume didn't have his contract renewed after four years unfortunately was released um I'll give you his position he was six foot six so um uh, a left back no he was a goalkeeper uh, six foot six you know what I've, I've I feel like I really should know this. It's going gonna, it's gonna to irritate me. It's really going to wind me up. And do you know what, mate? That is exactly what I wanted you to say because it irritates and has annoyed many a Saints fan. I'm going to now tell you the player um, and you will not know him. Tommy Forecast is the goalkeeper. That is the player. Now, I'll tell you why it's significant. Gareth Bale had to be sold by Southampton he was sold to Tottenham for about five million. There was going to be another five million uh, a year from from then, and add-ons were added. But Tommy Forecast came because Southampton needed a goalkeeper. They took him, and then Daniel Levy managed to make out the most incredible contract, taking twenty-five percent sell-on of Gareth Bale from Tottenham that Southampton would receive. He managed to whittle it down. They only got about three million. Because Southampton signed Tommy Forecast. So the likelihood of 86 million, I think it was, that Bale went to Madrid. Southampton could have been in the line for about 20 million pounds. 
and they ended up taking a goalkeeper as payment <laughs> that, went, that went on to do nothing. And uh, I just find it one of those fascinating stories. Tommy Forecast ended up being like third goalkeeper at Southampton, mainly played in the reserves, but but a name that gets forgotten. And it just ties in perfectly with Gareth Bale leaving Tottenham, uh, leaving Southampton for Tottenham. You say what it's a name trivia. that gets forgotten. And I said that I should know who that is. Level with you, Tom. Never heard yeah. of him. I've no, ne- exactly. never heard of Tommy Forecast. It sounds like a made-up weatherman's name. <laughs> and uh, Tommy will have the latest. Tommy Forecast, what is the... <laughs> they don't even say it on the news. Um, mate, it's just a fascinating career that that he went on loan, just was a third-choice goalkeeper. They had to sort of get a goalkeeper in for cover. And Tottenham were like, yeah, cool. And do you want to reduce your sell-on clause? Yeah. Daniel Levy, what a bloke. Yeah. Well, that is a fantastic piece of trivia, Tom. Almost outdone yourself based on previous uh, attempts. So, yeah, a fantastic question. Uh, my hat is tipped to you, sir. Right, Tom. So we are in January. And that doesn't mean just giving things up for the sake of it or trying to get a gym membership. It's also a month of where... Premier League teams can sign players midway through the season. The January transfer window is well and truly open. We're recording this on Tuesday, the 10th, so we're 10 days in. Southampton have already signed Mislav Orsic from Dinamo Zagreb. There are a few other players, though, that could be on their way to St Mary's this month before it slams shut. Nathan Jones has said that he wants three to four quality signings, stressing that word, quality. Um, and the, the next one that looks like it will be uh, happening is the young Argentinian midfielder, Carlos Alcaraz. Um, so he plays for Racing Club in his native country. Um, the fee that Southampton are likely to pay is around about £12 million. Um, got a good goal scoring record, really, for a midfielder. I think he's got 13 in 83 games for his club, which isn't too bad considering Dean Hammond only had 10 in over 100 appearances for Southampton. Um, he won't listen to this, so it doesn't matter. And, <laughs> you know, a, another young player promising um, could be, you know, that again, that dynamism that we want to see in the midfield. We're really missing Oriol Romeu. I don't think he's quite as defensive as Romeu was, but definitely reinforcements in that central position, which Southampton are crying out for. Yes, uh, they they are. Um, if he's anything like Danny Osvaldo, I'll take him. Argentina is the flavour right now after winning the World Cup. I think if, if he's got talent and he is, as uh, Nathan Jones says, quality, then uh, I think why not why not have him in there? Um, and and uh, the more I read about Stewie Armstrong not being a hundred percent fit, and he has got that attacking dynamism that we've been lacking of late. Great. Um, and I'm sure at 12 million, he's worth the gamble. So let's let's do it. And um, if he can perform up to any level uh, that the players are at the moment, then why not? Another squad addition, because someone like Theo Walcott, how long is he going to be out for? Good addition. Yeah. Um, not the only person. So that that one, by the way, is looking like it is essentially over the line. I think his, his club have tweeted to say that the deal's been agreed. And I'm, I think actually the player himself has taken to social media to say his goodbyes to the club as well. But not the only player that is linked. This one's kind of been rumbling on for a couple of weeks. And this is the um, 
the Lorient striker Taren Moffey. Um, apparently, Southampton have had a fifteen million pound bid rejected because the club want twenty five million, which is substantial, you know, for uh, for a player that I hadn't heard of until this rumor had had come about. Um, but he <laughs> get has Tommy scored... Forecast. Yeah. Get Tommy Forecast. Another player you haven't heard of. <laughs> He's six foot six. If, if Nathan who? Jones, Gareth, who, who do you play <laughs> if for? He wants to play long ball, which apparently he doesn't. Get it up to the six foot six striker. Uh, no, he, he, no one's heard of him, but apparently he terrifies defenders. Mm. Terrifies uh, them. 10 goals in 15 starts this season isn't bad, but it is in the French division. And I don't know who he scored those goals against. Um, probably not PSG um, or Lille. Um, so, yeah, linked with him. Also, another player linked is Celtics Japanese forward Dazen Maida. Um, I presume that's how you you pronounce that. Um, he actually scored against Croatia, so Mislav Orcic's side um, in the World Cup. Um, again, don't know a huge amount about him. Um, 25 years old. I, I think Southampton are clearly going for a particular area of the pitch to strengthen in. If they're going to bring sort of only three or four players in, it looks like it's going to be that midfield and forward line that's going to be reinforced rather than a a centre-back position. We obviously talked about before about potentially Yannick Bednarek coming back on loan or maybe Nathan Teller. Um, club also linked with trying to get Michael Keane on loan from from Everton because he can't get a game there at the moment. But it they, seems they like most of the names cropping up are in, the, in that forward department. Yeah, it, it does seem to be. And that's okay because Nathan says that's going to happen and <laughs> there's nothing we can do about it mate but um Maida from Celtic hey there's been a, a long rich history of uh Celtic players coming to Southampton and doing very very mm-hmm. well uh Virgil van Dijk one Yama um Stewie Armstrong so so mm-hmm. yeah f- fair enough I mean th- that might suit our style of play maybe Maida if we are saying it the right way uh could partner Che Adams because I feel like he just needs a striker playing off him um and maybe Maida could be that guy. I heard a sneaky little rumour, um, and I don't know how true it is, that Jeremy Doku, uh, the Belgian um, international, could potentially come. But that would require a lot, a lot of money. Um, yeah. Down as a winger, but I, I, he's five foot seven. Again, is it, what, what sort of players do we want? Do we want physically strong? Do we want pace? Nathan Jones says we need bigger players. Um, yeah, we don't want and- another Michael Obafemi. Do we? No, like the, no Bel- we the Belgian Obafemi. We don't. We don't need that. But um, I have to say, when it comes to to Jeremy uh, Doku, I was going to mention his name because uh, I'm reading that his club um, is it Ren? Ren. He plays. Ren. For, he plays for. Uh, want 22 million, which is three million yet less than Terra Moffi is being touted for. So, and I would take Doku with his international experience. He's the sort of player that I would sign on FIFA. Um, yes. And I have done in previous years when you're kind of a low end uh, Premier League club or a high end championship club. He's, he's a pace for days um, yeah. and he's got high potential stats. Sort of someone you sign it, maybe they're like sort of 74 to 77 range for a couple of million and you get them up to a good 83, 84 and then yeah. sell them for, for bigger money. So I'm, I'm familiar with his name and what he can do in a video game. Not seen much of him in real life, but Kevin De Bruyne and Kylian Mbappe have both said positive things about him in the past. Um, 
would be an excellent addition and also a player that can play across the forward line. Doesn't necessarily have to be an out-and-out striker, can play um, as a 10, could play as on either side of, of, a, of a striker as a number nine or through the middle. Um, a really good option. Can I see Saints pulling it off? Yes, because yeah. they have Premier League status and I think that counts for a lot um, when it comes to players coming from the continent, especially not title-challenging clubs in France or, or Spain or or uh, or Italy. My only doubt, my only doubt, is just that the amount of money it would cost, and I could see a team like a like a Leicester popping up, and you know, and yeah. and snatching it. Um, and but, I think but, the precarious position Southampton are in could also maybe he might look at it. it might be like a a, a Veghorst, you know, goes to Burnley for twenty million under the the sort of assumption that he'll keep them up with his goals. And I think scored three and has gone on loan to Besiktas this year, potentially being loaned back to the Premier League with Manchester United. But it it, it could end up like that. You know, he's not going to want to play in the championship. He wants to move to a Premier League club. Will he be up for the fight? So that's maybe my my uh, sitting on the fence side of me there. But I would like to see him in the, in the red and white for sure. I think you made some incredibly valid points there, Steve. Any of these players that we are being linked with have to be up for the fight. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, that any of the management uh, interaction with the players, like, look, this is our position in the table. And the player would be like, okay, cool, but I want to play in the Premier League. All of those, I reckon, want to play in the Premier League. But, you know, that potential, I think, like you say, he's got so many caps uh, at international level from under 21 to the actual Belgium side, this docu. He, and he's got like about 88 appearances uh, in Ligue 1. So he's got that kind of game time under his belt. It, it, they're all a gamble. Which gamble do Saints take and which ones can they get across the line? South American players don't notoriously do that well in the Premier League. It takes them a bit of time to get into the, the pace mm -hmm. of the game. So again, it's, it's, you're gonna, you've only got X amount of money which one are you going to get? Hopefully Orsic just gets straight into it because we've already signed him. But um, which one is the least gamble? Hopefully we get that guy. Yeah, I hope so too. As you say, he's only he's only 20 years old, this Jeremy um, Doku. 12 caps for, for Belgium already in the senior team in the last couple of years. Did look up his, his FIFA 23 potential. 85 <laughs> he's got, Tom, um, which is pretty high. And, and very high. And you've got um, Lavia as well, Belgium. Uh, they would probably play together. You want synergy on the pitch um, where players know each other and know their game inside out. So imagine that Lavia is just going to pick out that pass for Doku. Could it happen? Yes. Um, you know, again, this, the moment that Southampton spend a lot of money on a player, we just immediately think he's going to be a flop. He's going to be a flop. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas someone like from Celtic, you're like, they're going to be a fantastic player. So out of all of those, hopefully we sign Maida. What? what? <laughs> I've gone full circle, mate. What I would say is that goal scoring prowess is not particularly particularly on, on Doku's side. Um, in 54 appearances for Rennes since 2020, just the, just the two goals. Um, and then in his 34 for Andelect prior to that, just the five. So... How many assists, mate? How many assists? Like, Adozi hasn't scored yet. But those free kicks and that penalty and what he's attributed to the rest of the game and the whole team, they're like, yeah, just, you know what? I'm going to be childish. Shut up, Steve. Get Doku in, right? He's brilliant. Get him in. I've, I've made my mind up on it. Just get all of them. Can we just sign all of them? 
Would we have the budget for that? I mean, probably. There might be a few more cutbacks in the canteen. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> There's, and only half of, a, of one stand will get wrist lights uh, yeah, for the it. light show. <laughs> Tom, it is almost time to wrap up this week's podcast. Um, We will get into our last little bit, which is questions from the fans. We don't have many. If people do want to send them in, so we have a a bit more to talk about than you can do. You can either get to us on any of our social media platforms at WeMarchOnPod or send us an email to WeMarchOnPod at gmail.com and we will sieve through them and and choose the best ones basically no that that's not going to happen we will almost definitely choose every single one that we get in because there'll be about three yeah if you're lonely if you want to hear your name shouted out or even just spoken gently at this level then just get involved but what you've done there steve is given the game away don't get don't be so transparent and honest sorry i know i know we're authentic and that's what people love about us. But sometimes you have to say, oh, well, I've just picked out the best one this week. There's ways of phrasing it. You're not selling this. Mm. But yes, mm. everybody, please get in touch. It's been woeful. It has It has <laughs> been. In, in, in the 22 episodes, we've had about four. Um, talking of authenticity, I did um, I did have a fan uh, come up to me at the, at the game the other day against Forrest. Or, or should I say that it was, a, it was a mutual coming up to each other. He didn't necessarily approach me and say, hey, love we march on. Keep it up, guy. Um, but anyway, um, he was saying, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the podcast. Um, and it was maybe a, a slightly backhanded compliment. He went, I, I, I do enjoy the podcast. He went, I like that you guys are, you know, you're just a bit different, really. Because um, if I really want to listen to stuff about Southampton or football, I'll just listen to the Total Saints podcast. Um, and <laughs> But I just like you, your personality. It's like, well, you know, it's kind of what we were going for, but we still want people to tune in about the football. But there are obviously other Southampton podcasts available out there for people to tune into. We're not trying to hog the market. Not that we could, um, but we're, we're not trying for that. Um, however, the question this week, Tom, uh, from our fan <laughs> is from Andy Kershaw, who's, um, who's asked, what's happened to all the food slash cooking chat? He enjoyed that. Oh well, thanks, Andy. Uh, that's that's great to hear from uh, a fan of the podcast, someone who listens to it uh, for our uniqueness. Um, yes, we hadn't really thought about doing more about food chat, uh, but we could definitely do it. I mean, I went along with Steve and watched you devour a little rice dish. Um, that was quite entertaining. The, the, the press area. Uh, you said to me, "Have you eaten?" And I said, "No." And uh, we left there with just one portion of food. Well, you, I'm still annoyed. I still, you, I'm still annoyed you didn't about that. Come up that. and get any. You didn't come what? up because I was making you a hot drink. I said, "Do you want anything?" You went, "Nah." No, I didn't. I said, "Yes, I haven't eaten." <laughs> you got yourself something. You went, "Well, it was hot dogs there." <laughs> my point is, <laughs> that my point was, is, we've got two different ends of this stick, Tom, because that's not how I saw that situation pan out. And it's kind of, you should have brought it up sooner. Why have you let this fester for about two to three weeks? <laughs> because Andy Kershaw has made me want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> some things just aren't worth mentioning. I just, I remember I, I was watching the rest of the Lincoln game. I watched the Adozi miss and I just felt my stomach. I could hear it and feel it just rumble 
of just sadness, like, oh, oh, you would have liked a hot dog. And I had to just leave. I had to leave the game. No, um, it, it, the food had improved, actually, Steve. I mean, you're able to testify on that. Has it improved since you last mentioned the food? No. Um, <laughs> it, it, it comes in... It co- <laughs> It comes in waves, shall we say, when you go into the press room at Southampton. Um, I'd, I'd love to speak to the decision maker behind it, not not to complain or, or to give my point of view, but just to hear the reasons behind um, why they've they've taken the route they've taken. Now, for, for anyone listening to this who's not part of the media or, or works for the club, hopefully they're not because maybe not in the best light, but want a little bit of a an insight into what happens uh, for said reporters or journalists, etc., um, and and members of, of staff at, at Southampton, is there's a, there's a press room lounge that has a little bar in it um, and a fridge full of bottles of water and tea and coffee, and then at the end, a food station. Now, ever, I didn't always get that. So in my early days at Southampton, I was very much a concourse ticket guy i used to get a little meal voucher that you could get a pie or a burger or a hot dog and a drink and a packet of crisps or a chocolate bar and that was it and it was to be fair better than nothing so i was happy with that and then i've been with the club a few years now tom you kind of start to you know work your way up uh slightly and get invited into different areas and then eventually i was allowed to go into the the press lounge and get a proper hot meal now when i first started going in it was on a, a lovely plate uh, and there was quite a large station and someone would be there. In fact, it might have even been self-service. I can't remember or someone was serving. I'm not too sure. But anyway, took a plate and they had a starter section. There might be like little quarters of pork pie and some cheese or pickle um, or like a bit of salad or something like that. Then there was a main, um, whether that be like a lasagna or some chicken or a roast. If it was Sunday, you might get roast dinner, anything like that. And then there was a, a, a pudding section as well. Now, we've talked very early days in this podcast about this. So I'm kind of touching on old ground here, especially when I've compared it to, to other grounds, Tottenham Hotspur, for example, which was fantastic. And then for some reason, this season at Saints, in that press room, it's dwindled. So Quite the, rightly. The, Quite choice, rightly. the choice is, is far fewer. Um, the quality has diminished and you don't even get a plate anymore, Tom. Everything's served in a little cardboard box. <laughs> Sorry, just for a second. I thought what they do now is they just put it in a trough and you just have to <laughs> lean back and gobble on it. Uh, you're absolutely um, kind of, you just, you just, I can't even think of the word. You're just living in a different world, you press people, you start. And they've only just started bringing back the desserts. In privilege. The last... <laughs> what I'm hearing is privilege, absolute privilege. And even guys, if, if Steve Forbes ever says to you, oh, I'll take you to the game, I'll get you sorted. And he asks you, would you like some food? And you say, yes, I didn't have any dinner. He still won't get you any. He still won't get you any. <laughs> Tom, that's not how I heard that conversation. I was oh, stood to one but... side and you were getting a drink and I went, are you going to get anything? And you went, nah. And then I, and I was like, okay. Because yeah, I was burnt my hand making him a hot drink uh 
it, that's you know how what? I saw that situation. And if people do want to watch any of our previous food-related exploits, they can do. We did do an Instagram live series, and I'm sure the videos are still out there on both of our um, pages. Uh, Cook along with Steve and Tom. It was a pandemic thing. Um, personally, I hope someone at the BBC or a television channel stumbles across it one day and offers us a slot on Saturday Kitchen. I'd love that, Tom. Um, I'd love that. I'd love that too. I'd like to eat because I'm still hungry. I'm actually, I'm owed a meal. Uh, I'm still a meal down from that game at Lincoln. Oh, there was also a beautiful thing. We left that that area, the press area, but just before we'd we'd gone in there, uh, just sort of locked eyes with uh, Matt Latiss. And he went, you all right there, Tom? I was like, you all right, Matt? How's it going? Good Christmas. Uh, you got, got that coming up? Are you you're prepared? Yeah, yeah. He said, uh, the wife sort of looks after that. I was like, oh, great. And then <laughs> Steve goes, hello, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Stood next to me. And the whole, I felt like the whole corridor just turned to look. And <laughs> Matt was just like, you all right? Nice to meet you. And off he went. And I went, it just sounded so weird there, Steve. He's like, I've never met Matt Latis. <laughs> a, that's not a good impression of my voice. <laughs> Hello, and Matt. B, B, and B, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> it was, uh, I just didn't want to be stood there like a fucking mug next to you. While, you, while, while he acknowledged who you were, because obviously you've worked with Matt before, met him a few times. And he's like, oh, you're right, Tom. He spotted you, which yeah. is, you know, the cool thing. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously chatting about what you're doing. Uh, maybe you did turn and kind of went, oh, this is Steve. I can't remember if you said anything. Well, um, yeah. I just looked to my right and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot Steve's here. Uh, he's yeah. going to go and get some food and then not offer me any. Uh, and and I just thought I was about to say, and, then, and you went, hello, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like a parent. I was like, go on, say something. It's Matthew Letizia. That's on, what it was something. like. You turned, you turned to me like, like, I'm not going to introduce you because you work here. And I wasn't going to be rude and not say hello. So I felt like I had to say hello. I didn't think I did it in that weird kind of Urkel voice that you've been putting on. <laughs> it was just like, hello, Matt. or right, geezer. But... Um, Everyone stopped, you... even security looked around like, what's happened? What's this weird awkwardness? Hello, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Samantha Legend. I'm going to let this one slide because you're clearly still annoyed about the food scenario. So you see what I'm, you've, you I'm going to let you done. have this one. You see what you've done, Andy Kershaw, with your question? Yeah? You've made the best bit of the podcast. Please make sure you do this. More <laughs> questions. Uh, we march on pod on social media. Steve Forbes, Ooh. I'm going to go and eat something now. What a delight yeah. this has been. We're back for another episode next week. Fingers crossed we get a result against Manchester City. I will see you at some You're point. You're seething. Tom. You're seething, aren't you? You're so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not annoyed. I'm just letting you have your moment. I don't feel like I've won because not only <laughs> did I not get any food... We all had to see you go, hello, Matt. <laughs> Thought you were taking the piss out of it. Anyway, uh, right, before this carries on any further and Tom can do another ridiculous impression of how I sound, play us out, Saints Brass. Saints Brass.